0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Coogee Voice. On today's episode, we're talking with Adrian Sutter, the founder of SwissAid, a health promotion charity founded by combat veterans. Please be warned, this episode comes with a trigger warning as we discuss veteran suicide and mental health. If the subject matter of this episode is triggering, press pause and contact Lifeline on 13 11 14. You're listening to Coogee Voice
1: well I mean mental health has always been a a focus kind of issue area in the veteran space I was in the military for I did six years full-time and then six years part-time when I left I kind of I I went on the mental health roller coaster on my own kind of journey and had no education into mental health and and no understanding of what I was kind of going through and, and figured it all out the hard way and My kind of demographic of of blokes that I went through the military with were we're all going through the same thing and we started to uh, identify patterns of behaviour and lifestyle and and started to take like a a holistic approach to, to understanding what we were going through ourselves. Veterans don't need jobs, they need purpose. Everyone in life needs purpose.
0: Adrian, welcome to Coogee Voice. How are you going today?
1: Amazing. Busy as usual, but no, I'm good. I'm good. How are you?
0: I am always fantastic. Now, you're born and bred Newcastle boy. What is it that brought you to the eastern suburbs?
1: Swiss A, jumping straight into it. Um, to be honest, I, I uh, never wanted to move to Sydney when I was younger. I wasn't a fan of the city. Newcastle growing up was, was a lot smaller than it is now and that was perfect for me. Then kind of life took me all over the world, lived in Queensland for a bit with the army. But when I launched Swiss Aid, this, the, the mental health charity, uh, all of the initial support that we got was from clubs in Sydney and, and Coogee Diggers Club was one of the most supportive. Uh, and that's when I started to realise, right, if I'm going to take this seriously and try and, and build it into something, um, I need to get down to Sydney. And now I live in Maroubra working could you.
0: So why Maroubra though? Eastern suburbs is a big place?
1: It is. Oh, I've got to be careful with this. I don't know how your audience is going to take it. Maroubra for my, it's still tribal. I don't like the the poshness of Sydney. Like I could never go to Bondi. Sydney people just traditional kind of stereotyping, but Sydney people just weren't my people. And then I went and I was house sitting with a, uh from a mate when he was overseas with the army uh, and his place was on the beach at Maroubra. And I fell in love with the place. Like Coogee is very much the same, but Marubra found like there's still, everyone knows each other's names, like the locals are proper locals. And that is the opposite of what I was expecting from Sydney. Uh, and I think you do have in, in Marubra and parts of Coogee, you've got this mix of kind of new money and, and old Aussie kind of blokey bloke kind of people. and And the combination of it makes it tribal. And that's, I love it. I hope I didn't offend any people. But. It
0: definitely didn't offend me. And I'm sure the member for Marubra, Michael Daly, would agree with every part of what you've just said about his community. Diving straight into it, you're the founder of Swiss Eight. Tell us a bit about this charity and why you've started it.
1: Well, I mean, mental health's always been a, a focus kind of issue area in the veteran space. I was in the military for I did six years full time and then six years part-time. When I left, I kind of I, I went on the mental health roller coaster on my own kind of journey, and had no education into mental health and, and no understanding of what I was kind of going through, and, and figured it all out the hard way. And my kind of demographic of of blokes that I went through the military with were were all going through the same thing, and we started to uh identify patterns of behaviour and lifestyle, and, and started to take like a, a holistic approach to to understanding what we were going through ourselves, and after. 5 6 years of of kind of learning these lessons the hard way we we kind of started putting some ideas on paper so that we could teach younger vets as they were getting out transitioning educate them on mental mental health and and what they were going to experience and and how to kind of get through it and and stuff like that and Then it was always kind of like a side hobby. We thought if we could come up with some answers or some interventions, we'd be able to help some people. Uh, And then my mates started dropping like flies. We lost, from our kind of demographic, close mates. We lost about four dudes in two years to suicide. The main one, like the catalyst for this whole thing becoming a a full-time focus was Jesse Bird, whose name's kind of well-known in the DBA space at the moment. His, His suicide's changing a lot of legislation in Canberra, which, I mean... It's too late for him i get that but it's there is some some massive changes coming but what we we looked at it and we, we had these tools and we looked at the, the approach to mental health not just in the veteran space but in the western world and it was all super reactive uh essentially needing people to put their hand up saying hey i've got issues i need some help before anything can happen and then it was the reactive response of going to gps going to psychs six to twelve i mean the, the horror stories like there's up to twelve month wait times to get in to see a psych so For a blue-collarish male demographic, which is the highest risk demographic for suicide, that approach just doesn't work because blokes just don't talk about their shit. A lot of pride gets in the way and no one admits they've got a problem. So we looked at it and said, we need to get proactive. We need to flip, kind of disrupt this reactive model of mental health, get proactive, put tools in people's hands or education in front of people while they're still healthy and happy Uh, and in the veteran space. That is while they're still in the military as they transition out get them using tools and, and building a holistic lifestyle around things that keep you positive, keep you away from becoming anxious and depressed. So in a 15-minute nutshell, that is that is why we started SwissAid.
0: What separates SwissAid from other veteran support services?
1: A, the proactive approach. I think it's, it's taking off. I think a lot more people and a lot more organisations are starting to, to look at it and go, all right, we need to have a more holistic and a more proactive approach we registered as a charity and I didn't want to. Either. I mean, I, we built this concept and we're like, we tried to give it to other existing ex-service organisations. There's plenty of them out there. But no one really wanted to talk technology two, three years ago. So we registered the charity ourselves. We built the app, which is our delivery platform or the, the kind of flagship tool that we we offer to everyone for free. And I mean, in, in that, the way we're structured and the way we operate as a company is completely different to every other veterans uh, organization out there. There's a few more popping up, but we are, we are structured as a tech startup, registered as a charity, but our framework is is as a tech startup. We just want to build software to connect people and, and, and put tools in people's hands. Then, I mean, obviously COVID came and, and shone a light on the utility of software for, for these exact reasons. And so now everybody's taking, taking interest and paying attention and, and other ESOs are coming forward and starting to, Replicate the model we've built. So that's yeah, good.
0: You're also paired with the University of Newcastle. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: One of my diggers in, in the reserve unit in, in Newcastle, when I was first launching this thing in 2018, 19 ish, in the back of my mind, I was like, if, if we just put an app out there that looks on the surface very similar to just a standard fitness app, it's going to look gimmicky. And that's not the, the intent here. The intent wasn't to just put a gimmicky app out in in like the hands of veterans we needed it to be legit so I started asking around like finding ways into universities trying to plant the seed that when this app was built we needed to get a uni to do some research to essentially prove it as an intervention for anxiety and depression Um, and one of the diggers one of my soldiers at the reserve base in Adamstown was studying psychology and he was coming to the end of his degree and he'd been asked to do a PhD and the thing he was supposed to be doing his PhD on was super dry it was still in the veteran space i can't remember exactly what it was but it wasn't exciting and i put the the app in front of him and he got excited and he's like i'm gonna ask our professors um if i can kind of pivot and, and do my phd on this app which thankfully one of our board members francis lambkins the head psych at, at newcastle uni so the getting it all approved was was fairly seamless Uh, And that's underway at the moment. So if anyone listening to this, if there is veterans listening to this, um, please get to swiss8.org/slash/research. We are still recruiting. It's a a twelve-month kind of study, Mm -hmm. uh, and all the info is on there on on how to get involved. Then at the same time, we started. I'm not sure if this one's going to get legs at the moment with Newcastle Union, but we've got a machine learning model that I can't give away too much of the IP, but we're building a model that can essentially predict mental health patterns. Without the need for you to present with a problem. So using the app, using a bunch of other data uh, input points, mostly through wearables, we we can predict where your mental health's going over the next six to 12 months. And that is going to be a game changer. Uh, that was originally in the process of kind of building a partnership with Newcastle Uni to do as well. The drama we have at the moment is when you're a charity the, and you partner with a uni, the funding burden lies on the, the university. And at the moment, don't want to throw Newcastle Uni under the bus either, but I think all unis around Australia, with without foreign uh, students, they're all struggling. So funding research partnerships with charities is not high on their priority list. So we're going to look at... We're, I mean, we're not going to stop building that model. Obviously, I, I think the whole world needs it, but uh, we're going to look at privately funding so... For all of the rich people in Coogee that want to get behind a really good tech intervention, you know who to call.
0: In April this year, the federal government announced and the establishment of a Royal Commission into the Defence and Veterans Suicide. The terms of reference and the call for a terms of reference has now closed. What are your thoughts on this and what would you like to see in the terms of reference?
1: I mean, I made a few submissions myself. I think some of the people within Swiss Eight made one. I'm lucky enough. I sit on the national advisory committee for Open Arms, so we um, met a couple of weeks ago to put together the points that we we thought needed to be raised. I mean, the initial terms of reference that came out uh, to be looked at were very broad, and that was that was my biggest point. That there's there's a lot of nuance. There's there's thousands of different niches that that open arms and dva covers and and they were going at it with a broad brush approach to this royal commission which runs the risk of, of things being overlooked which we we kind of we we narrowed it right down into individual areas the biggest one and the hardest one and this is something that the world or australia is going to see over the next three years the push to have a royal commission was driven hard by the mums of some of the dead soldiers that have died by suicide and absolutely I think everyone can understand that they are grieving but suicides not a pretty thing and, and to, to solve future problems they, they have to this royal commission has to pull the scabs off some of the the painful truths a lot of these people died with drug problems a lot of these people died lonely disconnected I mean when if, if you're that down and depressed that suicide becomes an option you're not doing or living a positive life so and, and all of this is going to come out so it's going to hurt a lot of people and that is the ugly truth of it but if we kind of broad brush the terms of reference and don't focus on the dark side of, of this problem we're not going to solve it in the future so yeah we we made a few submissions and a lot of them are around that like the ugly truths of, of what veterans go through not all but the some that, that start, start considering suicide and that's where we hope this Royal Commission gets to.
0: You've touched on DVA. Um, their current focus with vets is very job-focused and about getting people into employment. What are your thoughts on this?
1: They are. The, I mean, New South Wales um, Veterans Minister's strategy that came out was almost solely job-focused, very white-collar, missed the mark by about 100 miles, I think, but that's just one man's opinion. Jobs are fantastic. I mean, but, but the purpose is what they should be looking for so dva as well they they did have a big employment focus i I mean there's 101 things dva is doing they just don't market it that well there's a thousand great initiatives and and changes post 2017 with after jesse bird's death they a a few recommendations came forward and a lot of them have been actioned uh, across a a, like a a wide variety of of things that are amazing um employment's just the sexy one that's good for cameras because jobs 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 win elections apparently But veterans don't need jobs. They need purpose. Everyone in life needs purpose. And and a lot of people find that purpose through employment, which is fantastic. But to just give people jobs, like we had guys that had been banging it in overseas, proper gunfighters, living the most adrenaline-filled, exciting life. And when I say exciting, I get we're talking about war, so don't take the wrong piece out of this story. But they're living a fulfilling, purpose-driven life. They're, They're putting... Other people in the country before their own issues, or, or and they're willing to risk their life to go to war for the people of their country. That is purpose. The, the military was not a job for that person; it was their purpose in life. To leave the military and then someone go, "Hey, you need a job that's going to solve all your problems." Go to Woolworths or Coles, and we've got these shelf-stacking gig for you. you. You'll be on sixteen bucks an hour. That's not solving mental health problems. The white collar approach. I mean, the the initiative. I know there was a lot of detail, but on service level, a lot of the New South Wales government's approach was let's get these veterans employed in the government. Fantastic for officers or people who like desk jobs. The majority of, of kind of knock around blokes like myself want to be doing manual things, building things, creating things. Um, and a, a government desk job's not going to do that. That's going to get you pretty quickly depressed because you, if you don't find purpose and meaning in it. So Jobs is a, is a box that needs to be ticked 100%. It cannot be the sole focus, and I think it's got to be a stepping stone towards a, a more holistic approach.
0: Changing gears a tiny bit, you are now the treasurer of Kuji sub-branch. My question is, what is the role of a sub-branch, and for young vets that are living around the area who might not be engaged with the sub-branch, why should they become engaged and involved?
1: Good bloody question. Why should they? This one, to, to answer truthfully, we, we, I've got to throw some ugly truths in there as well. The What is the role of the RSL in the sub-branch? What is it supposed to be or what is it currently? That, that is two very different things. RSL has the capacity to be the only ESO, at ex-service organisation, but they've lost their way a little bit in the last few decades publicly. Few boys got smack bums for doing naughty things with their money, and and unfortunately, that's the culture that they've got. Uh, and then, and that that's in the middle, right? So this is I'll call it the RSL sandwich. At the top, they've got new uh, a new CEO who has some great ideas, wants to get things done, and then you've got all of the the old fellas sitting in the sub branches, passionate about the veteran space, but misguided in some ways, and just not evolving. They're not they're not keeping up the times. So on the ground level with young veterans leaving the military who who should be stepping straight into joining RSLs, they're just not because a lot of them look at it and be like, "There's the RSL's done nothing for veterans in the last 20 years, um, which isn't true, but it's, it's it's easy to understand where that opinion comes from. At Coogee, I mean, we are lucky. We, we got a few of the boys in. Coogee Diggers, the club, got right behind Swiss 8, and that kind of brought us in and introduced us to the, the sub-branch members and we we got a few boys down at the election a year and a bit ago and, and we we got a few people voted on uh that were under the age of 80 which was amazing it's probably a great leap forward for the rsl um so me me and a few of the boys now and and we didn't lose any of the old ones i wasn't i mean the biggest fear for some of these older fellows on the, the sub men and women in, in the sub branches is, is if we bring the young people in they're going to kick us out and, and take over and that's not the intent. I don't think anyone under 50 really wants to run a sub branch by themselves, but we came in and we, we took the focus away from saving money and and refocused on spending it. Cause that's kind of the job of the RSL uh, spend money on veteran welfare projects. Uh, and it's slowly building. I mean, we put on Barbies, we put on any, anything to connect community. We've greenlit. I mean, we haven't actioned these yet, but we've greenlit spending uh, a few grand a month on. So we run, at least one connectivity event a month, whether that's barefoot bowls. I know we've got this veteran forum coming up that hopefully the sub-branch wants to get behind. I mean, Barbies is the the big one for, because that's like the, the idea that Swiss Aid brings to the table is veterans, you need to connect people in, in order to get community kind of moving and the easiest way to do that's around a Barbie. So what does the sub-branch do? We this we are still figuring that out, but we need to find. And that's why we need to to get more veterans in the room to go. What do you want it to do? What what do you need it to do? Because at the moment, there's a lot of sub branches out there that are just sitting on money and they're they're not spending. it. They're not doing anything other than putting on free lunches for their handful of members. And I don't. And that's not having a shot at them. They just don't know what else to do. So I think it's on the, the young veteran community as well to to come forward, step into it, and RSL hit the sub branch up. Tell them you've got ideas, things that you want to do. Don't make them ridiculous. Don't come forward and ask for five hundred k to kick off your new business idea because it's not going to happen. But they're willing to spend a little bit of money on, on veteran welfare stuff. So it's moving forward.
0: And as Adrian has just touched on, we are hopefully hosting a Veterans Forum latest this year. So for our listeners, please stay tuned. Now, Adrian, before I let you go, there are three tough questions we ask all of our visitors onto Coogee Voice. You must declare the best beach in the eastern suburbs. Where sells the best coffee? And where you can get the best burger? Go.
1: Oh, you get it. This, it it's going to be Maroubra heavy. It's, <laughs> I'll throw it. It's the Coogee Voice. I'll throw it. Best beach. I mean, I have to say Maroubra. I love Coogee Beach, but in summer, it's too busy. And I don't like people enough to hang around in those kind of crowds. Maruba, it's getting worse, but still in summer, you still can get some sand to yourself and, and stay away from people. The actual, My, my favourite bit is actually the rocks, like going around between South Coogee and, and Maruba. So that'll, that probably pissed a bunch of people off because of Coogee was not the answer. Um, in winter, Coogee's wicked. Swimming from end to end of it is is fantastic, but not in summer. I drink bulletproof coffee. There's only two places I know in the eastern suburbs that sell it, so this might be a shout-out to anyone else selling Bulletproof Coffee. Let me know. The Bay Bakehouse at Marouba, Johnny and Vinny, it's wicked. I didn't even realize I went in there one day and someone else was ordering Bulletproof Coffee. Bulletproof Coffee, for anyone who's not aware, it's butter, coconut oil blended into coffee. It's fantastic. Calipress do it too. Not as good as Johnny and Vinny, but Calipress on Coogee Bay Road's got decent coffee as well. Um, bulletproof. I've never tried their other coffees. I don't openly eat a lot of bread, but oh, it's hard to go part. Well, there's again, I'm going to go to just to hedge my bets, keep the, the Maroubra locals happy. Um, Feedback McKean Street Marubra is all time. They do naked burgers too, which is cool. Uh, and so does Betty's. I, I'm sure everyone knows Betty's burgers. They're a little bit addictive. You can eat like six a minute a day and get super fat super quick, but they do naked burgers as well. So, That'll be my two go-tos. I'm sure there's giant carb-filled burgers out there somewhere that I've never tried because I try not to eat carbs.
0: Adrian, if people would like to learn more about Swiss 8 and support your charity, where should they head to?
1: Swiss8.org. That's S-W-I-S-S then the number 8.org. It's got everything on there. It's got links to the app, it's got information. There's we do a podcast, there's a bunch of mental health resources. And obviously there is fundraising portals if people want to host their own fundraisers or they can support the ones that we've got going at the moment. We're taking a team of veterans to the Fink Desert Race in a couple of weeks, which is kind of our fundraising focus at the moment. But, yeah, Swiss8.org's got everything you need. You download the app, swiss app. It's in the app store. It's free.
0: Adrian, thanks for joining us on You Voice. Magic. Thanks for having me. What a thought-provoking conversation. Now, for those veterans that are living around the eastern suburbs that are interested in our Veterans Forum, stay tuned for more information. We'll be hosting it on the 11th of July at Coogee Diggers. You've been listening to Coogee Voice.